Motivate and Keep podcast episode 100 and something. Don't uh, know. I think 110. 110. Oh, man. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, welcome. How are you, sir? I'm good, man. I am back in the reading game, so nice. it's been great. It's been good for my soul. You've been out of the game for a while, huh? I've not been out. I've kind of been on the bench a little bit, mm. you know, but I'm still like, you know, at the game and, you know, want to be playing, but. Put me in, coach. Exactly. Nice. Know. But yeah, dude, uh, I finally read the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry that you recommended like five times probably. Um, <laughs> and it was really good. I read it in like less than a week. So yeah. I think I picked it up like four separate times. I just read like big chunks each time. It was I feel really like it's good. one of those books where you just like can't put down mm-hmm. and you just fly through really quick. Yeah. I, I read it with a couple of friends and usually we, you know, we meet weekly to talk about it. And by like the second week, I had already read through the whole thing really? and like marked all the notes. And so each week I would kind of like actually reread a lot of the parts um, just so I was kind of like fresh with, with my thoughts. But man, it's a good one. Mm-hmm. And uh, if only we could implement. <laughs> we will. We should. Uh, it made me want to redo the Sabbath episode we did um, uh, yep. because I feel like I don't know. I think I uh, I learned a lot and then a few things clicked in my head. And um, it was good, but I think we should for sure do like a review on that one because I loved it. It was really good. Yeah, we'll do a Sabbath part two, <laughs> and yeah. then eventually we'll get a uh, Mark Comer on here. Yes, That'd and be cool. we'll talk to him about it. We both, and we'll do, and then we'll do a book review episode. Yes, as well. Yeah, um, and then now I am rereading Circle Maker, which nice. you're reading too. So yeah, um, yeah. Been good to kind of just be back to routine. Are you still on your audiobook game, or I've never been to audiobooks ever. Really, I've listened to I one. I've listened to uh, well, like three quarters quarters of uh, Twelve Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. Okay, on audiobook Maybe because that one was so long. Yeah, I think I've, I've, we talked about this. I've always I've like fought back against that, like because That's I right. listen to oh, so yeah. many podcasts and it's like I want to actually make time to sit down and read. Yeah. Um, cause like all day long I have something playing, like, mm-hmm. um, whether it's a podcast or an interview or I'm always listening. And so I feel like I don't want to add books to that mix. You know, I want to keep yeah. books like separate for reading. Yeah. So I think that's very true. The The only books that I'll buy now on audible are books that I know are, I'm not going to want to like take notes on. Mm-hmm. They're more like autobiographies or like, I don't know, really long, uh, like a Jordan Peterson book. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like something where I'm not like, uh, not, not like a business book, yeah. not a spiritual book, not yeah. a personal finance book, you know, like something that's a little bit more ethereal kind of mm-hmm. out there. Um, not as like practical, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, dude. Well, how, how have you been? Been doing well. Um, I think, yeah, th- there's been definitely some uh, stress at at home and at work with just um i think just kind of going through this little transitional season i can't share too much yet i think probably in the next couple episodes i'll be able to um but i have some things in the works and it's a little bit scary you know just kind of going through this stuff and figuring it out um and i think it's also been doing like a good work in me too uh of relying on the lord more having a hunger and appetite for doing more devotions more consistently and reading and kind of getting back into it. Um, I think overall, like kind of like growing me as a person. And so definitely growing pains in there, you know, it's mm-hmm. always scary and it's always a little bit, uh, this kind of the unknown, 
but in general like i don't know it, like the way i would describe it is like it's kind of just that butterflies feeling like mm-hmm. you're excited and you're nervous at the mm-hmm. same time yeah and um so you feel a little bit sick sometimes and just trying to deal with that yeah i know what that's like yeah but overall you know can't complain we're in a good spot things are going well um yeah no complaints cool well let's get into it let's do it yeah what um, are we talking about today so we often will uh, preface our episodes by saying, um, you know, oftentimes when we have a topic, uh, you know, we um, like it's speaking to us, you know, and we're kind of working through it. <laughs> of all the episodes that, that I've said that, this is by far like the <laughs> most like Jeremy needs to hear this episode. <laughs> so I want to be very clear that uh, I am not wanting to be hypocritical <laughs> in this episode. From now on, really, you can just consider all previous episodes and all future episodes <laughs> just to just be self therapy yeah. and just talking, talking through our out. own. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I've been super in like on a Jocko kick recently. I don't know why. Nice. Um, I've liked him for a while. I, mean, I read his book. I finally read his book, extreme ownership in That's like right. February. And I think before that point for the last year before that, like I listened to his podcast, but I was never like super into him. I was kind of like, Oh, he's a little too like macho man for me, you know? Um, but I read his book and just, I really loved it. And so, um, I, and I think I mentioned this before, but like some of his like points he makes in his, like his chapter titles, you know, they're very simple, but like you can apply them to your life so simply like it's made me just turned on to the idea of like learning more about him. So, hmm. um, I mentioned earlier, like putting on interviews. And so he's one of the ones I put on in the background while I'm working, just like listen to his interviews or like little like snippets he has of just like talking about topics. And I came across this one and I was like, Whoa, this one was cool. And <laughs> it, it was like eight minutes. and I listened to it like five times because it was so like nice. Everyone just like hit me in the face. Like, Oh gosh. Um, cause I like, if you were to ask me, like if I take things too personally, I would probably like shrug it off and say no, but hmm. like I definitely do. <laughs> and if you know me, like, you know, I'm like, I'm a sensitive guy. And like, um, I can definitely dish it out. Can't really take it in too well. <laughs> I can admit that. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I take things personally and probably too personally. And so, um, I don't know. I, again, I came across this one and I thought like, let's talk about that. So let's do it. That's what we're talking yeah, you know, about. what's interesting about, um, Jocko too, is I feel like he's the perfect person to deliver a message like this mm-hmm. because he's so like black and white and like, uh, what's what? He has like so much authority. He's mm-hmm. authoritative. I, I don't know if that's the right word I'm mm-hmm. using, but you know, it's like he kind of brings a new light to it. Or like you're saying, normally you would think like, no, like if I told you like, don't take things personally, you'd be like, okay, like I guess. Mm-hmm. But then when Jocko says it, you really kind of read into it, and then we understand what he's saying. It, uh, I feel like it, it helps you kind of palate it. Yeah. Um, and I would put myself in the same bucket. I think we can all, to be honest, put ourselves in that bucket too of like most people take things too personally mm-hmm. um or we have these things that um uh kind of like these triggers right we're like maybe i don't take most things personally but like a couple things or a couple uh phrases mm-hmm. or a couple people i take everything personally mm-hmm. right and so it's applicable to all of us you're not yeah. the only one yeah i think like like you said when someone says like don't take things personally like it's that in itself is hard to, to like to receive it it's like it feels offensive. It, like, it puts you on the defense of like, whoa, like get away from me. Can I back right. back up? Like, who are you? You know, um, and I, I, his clip, like he, he wasn't so much like talking about like, don't be offended, but he was kind of talking about like when you are taking things personally, like, what it does, like kind of what you're missing out on, like right. what that like does to, to the situation. And so, um, yeah. And another thing is, I think in one of his podcasts I was listening to a couple of days ago, um, 
he was like talking for himself like how he even like get, can get offended and he can take things personally and i thought like wow like if jocko i like, can admit that then like i can admit that you know um so do you remember what some of those like symptoms or kind of I mean, signs symptoms. were of like you you might take two things too personally if you you know kind of like the it might be a redneck if you but like <laughs> a, you might take things too personally if well, I don't know. So, and his, his main thing was around ego. That's like what he was talking about. Mm. Like, and I, I thought that was interesting. Like, um, cause like for me is like, if you were to say, why do I get offended easily? And I, I would say, well, I'm, I'm a sensitive guy. Like that'd be my response. But like Jocko says, no, it's because of your ego. And I think like, that's probably more true for me than being sensitive. And when I, when I thought about it, I was like, dude, like ego, like if you think about like being offended and responding like a certain way, like ego is like the center of all that, you know, like if you, like if you think you're, let's say it's, you know, let's say someone like you say, like, uh, Hey Corey, like I just, you know, built this cool website. What do you think? And you're like, eh, like this color kind of lame. Like you fix this, do that. Like if I'm like, Oh man, like I spent so much work on that. I'm upset. Like it's not that I'm sensitive. It's that I think my product is like really great and really pretty, whatever. And so I'm now offended because you were correcting me and mm-hmm. whatever. And so that was like his main point, dude, was like the ego and it, every like point was like around that. Right. Yeah. The, the ego is such a big part of that. I, I've been reading into and some of the things I've been reading have been about ego. So it's kind of top of mind for me as well. And it's interesting because um, one of the people I was reading about that really stuck out to me was they said that um, your ego is kind of like your monkey brain survival instinct, you know, like inner inner self trying to protect yourself. And so when someone like says something critical the ego takes everything as an attack and instead of saying something you know i'm a sensitive guy or uh you know maybe they shouldn't say that or i should take it in a different way um or maybe i should just learn to um uh instead of learning how to not take things so personally you should learn to not involve your ego Mm -hmm. so much yeah right it's kind of like it's not this like um, the opposite of not taking things personally is not uh, some technique of receiving feedback. It's really like deep within yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and w- I mean, when the ego gets in the way and you take something personally, like you you miss out on like I think a lot of times like the that defense comes in when someone's like correcting you or not even, not even I don't want to say correcting you, but like advising you or saying hey try this try that like if you're on the defense like you can miss out on the opportunity to fix it mm-hmm. Jocko also talked about like the ego like in itself can be a good thing you know he talked about like the drive that comes from ego and like your your push to want to get things done and to want to power through like there's a lot of good and so it's not like fully just blocking off your ego but like don't let it put up this defensive wall you know because mm-hmm. like i said you you miss out on potential like critique that can really benefit you yeah well you know what's interesting is so you get the example of like Hey, I just built this website and wanted to get your feedback on it and, and what you like. Mm-hmm. And then I said, Hey, I don't like this color or I don't think that this size is right. And if that offends you, um, I didn't say anything about you just now. Right. I didn't say that you mm-hmm. were a bad designer or that you picked the wrong colors or that you chose the wrong layout, but that's what, how you interpreted mm-hmm. what I just said, uh, as an attack because you created it. Right. And I think especially the things that we create, that we say, um, things that are uh, an extension of ourselves or even about ourselves, um, we're very protective over, mm-hmm. right? We like we're kind of like these fragile creatures. Yeah. Um, 
Whereas you have to remove yourself from that. And also if, if you were, again, this kind of goes back to like how to not take things personally. Like one of it is to detach your ego. And if instead you knew, or you probably thought like, I'm not sure if this color is right, or I'm not sure if this layout is right. Or if I'm not sure that, you know, the wording I'm using, right. And you are in pursuit of the best kind of version of that website. Mm-hmm. And what you were, cause what you were really asking before was, Hey, do you like it or mm-hmm. not? Yeah. So when I come with critique, it basically tells you, you, you don't, don't like, like it. it. Yeah. But if really what you were in pursuit of was, is this good and how can I make this better? Mm-hmm. And I gave you the, crit- the critique, you wouldn't take it personally because mm-hmm. that's what you asked mm-hmm. for. Right. Well, so like if you're going to ask, you know, then why, why would you get upset if you have something that I don't want to hear? Right. Like if, I, exactly. if my ultimate goal is to make the product, whatever it is better, like, um, then I, I probably shouldn't ask what you think if I only want to hear that. Oh, it's so good. Like, you know, cause what's the point of that? What's the point of affirming something that's maybe not that good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's very interesting. Um, I find myself, th- this is kind of just me like admitting, I don't know if you've experienced the same thing, but I find myself whenever I feel or notice myself, maybe it's a better way. Whenever I'm noticing myself taking something personally, mm-hmm. I, I kind of find like, or I see a fork in the road, like either I can, try to accept mm-hmm. it even if it hurts and just like kind of take the, the punch mm-hmm. in stride or uh or just accept it or i can be defensive and critical back or i can just blow it off and ignore it and it's way easier to go left you know to, mm-hmm. to the ladder and and to not accept it um i don't know if you found the same thing but like sometimes it's even hard to notice that in the first mm-hmm. place like hey there's you know you can choose how to respond here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you can like detach yourself from the situation, you can like look at that, those options. But I think if you're depending on where you're at on the spectrum of being like offended easily. Um, but if you're ultra sensitive, like in it, you know, kind of head is like deep, whatever. Like if you're offended, like I don't think you're seeing options. I think you're just seeing I'm offended. Like I'm taking this personally, like get away from me kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you can detach yourself and sit back and observe a little bit, I think it's, easier to look at the options of how to respond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll give a, uh, if we can, I think it's fine, but like I'll give a tangible example from personally. It's more recently actually too, but uh, so recently at work, you know, things have been going pretty well. I've had coronavirus, a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, but one of the things that's been frustrating is a lack of being able to measure how things are going and, the technical term is marketing attribution, but basically just means being able to tie certain efforts to outcomes, mm-hmm. right? So uh, I put one blog post in or I drive traffic to the site and then I can see the customers at the other end and then go and repeat that process. Or if I don't see the results that I want, um, then, you know, cut mm-hmm. it, then don't do that anymore. And so Josh uh, brought this up to me and he was kind of critical of the fact that um, we don't have very good tracking in place and that we really can't. And he was really kind of digging into, um, Hey, what's worked in the last 12 months and how do we know what, what can we measure? And, you know, he was kind of, uh, brain dumping a little bit how he feels like we're not doing a good job mm-hmm. essentially of, of tracking. And of course, initially I took it super personally, like, you know, called up you Monique, um, and just basically said like, cool. Like my boss is questioning everything I've ever done. And like, you know, why is the spring being brought up now? And it, it really felt like 
a personal attack on me and the job that I'm doing. The longer that time went on and the more that we talked about it, the more that I realized that it was less about me and more about uh, a lot of other variables out there. Um, But some of it was Mm -hmm. about me, but it wasn't entirely about me. And it also wasn't as critical of a personal attack as it was of me as it was on certain uh, ways that I choose to spend my time Mm -hmm. or things that we've done in the past that maybe Mm -hmm. have been mistakes. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And after a while, it's very much like I completely agree. Mm -hmm. We do need better tracking Uh, and we haven't been able to, we're going to prioritize this now. I don't know how far we're going to get in this. And here's some, you know, kind of caveats, but it's, you know, I have a job to do. Mm -hmm. We all have jobs to do. Um, but I feel like work has always been one of those things that's been really hard for me to not take things personally. That's a, yeah, that's a good example. I think with that one, um, I think like the critique wasn't on Corey. It was on like the position that you hold, you know? And so Josh is trying to figure out like, hey, like where is in this growth role? How do we like, how do we figure out the impact? You know, what what is actually coming from this specific job? And like you said, like because you're in it, because it was like what you're specifically doing, it felt like an attack on you, but it really wasn't. Yeah, I think, like, with work, like, thinking back, like, that's a really, like, good example. And I think in general, like, we all could probably find examples from our work of feeling offended, whether it's from our boss or like, maybe clients or just interaction with people. Like, if someone does not – if someone is calling out the way you're doing something, uh, it, can just, it can feel personal, even, even if it's not. Um, I, this is a super small example, not as good as that one, but funny. I, was, I met with a client – or actually, it was, like, it was five separate clients on uh, Monday – um, it was like a whole family basically wanted to like look at some products for their wedding and they're like, Oh, can you pull a table out? I want to, you know, sit at it and whatever. And I'm like, cool. It's so like pulling out, set it up. And they're like setting chairs up around and like sitting down and like, Oh, there is no way you can fit four people on a side. This is way too tight. And, uh, I was very quick. Like every client seats four. like, this is how we do it. Like it fits fine. <laughs> like, obviously no. I was more tactful. I was more gentle than that. I wasn't like, yeah, but, um, in my mind I was thinking like, you're dumb. Like, it's like a standard like length table everyone does it and uh the like lady was basically like saying like no it's not gonna work and i quickly was like okay like they're the client in my head i'm thinking like whatever like sound be nice basically you know but i was just kind of thinking like that's my product like i built i personally built that like i care Mm -hmm. about it that's how i make my livelihood and so anyone telling me like it's not a certain way i'm quick to like defend and um which is funny like me taking it personally when i shouldn't have and yeah being more objective about it yeah um, I think in general, like when you when you take something too personal and you're unable to kind of detach from the situation, I think like again like that prevents opportunity to to grow and, and to maybe change if necessary. So like the, th- the thing with Josh, like you, um, if you would have kind of held fast to that um, stance of like no, like I'm doing my part. Here's what I'm doing. Like um, you probably would have missed the opportunity to kind of uh, look at like how do we improve this role as a whole, right? And I think like the ability to kind of step back and just not be offended for a minute gives you a chance to say, you know what, like I hear what you're saying, like yes, like let's figure out this common ground. How do we kind of resolve this this baseline issue? Mm-hmm. A lot of it comes down to um, like these really inherent insecurities that each of us have, and these kind of uh, like these critiques or these this feedback or when someone even just like directly jabs at you it goes further than just the surface. Like it hits at somehow it always finds us way to mm-hmm. that insecurity, you know, of like, you know, at work it's, it's usually the same kind of insecurities. Like I'm not doing a good job. Um, 
I, uh, I'm not the right person for this. Someone else could be better at it. Um, or they just don't like me as a person. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, when in reality, like you're drawing that connection, right. And you're, you're missing kind of the point of what they were trying to get to, which was not nearly as kind of deep mm-hmm. as, as what you thought. Um, but it's, it's also, like I said, it's an opportunity to grow when you do take something personally to kind of do some digging and think, how does that hurt me? And, and why does that hurt me? Mm-hmm. And like I said before, for all of us, I think we can all kind of agree with those same kind of insecurities of work. Um, but that's my problem, right? Like if I don't feel like I'm doing a good job or if I'm insecure about my ability to, to function in this role, then that's going to make me blind to any and all opportunity mm-hmm. to grow and to, to improve. But if I found security in that, or if I, if, if, if I knew that I am the right person for this role, then that I would never make that connection and I wouldn't take it personally. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it becomes like this filter that everything com- thing comes through and that just skews it right. But by, by the time it kind of lands in your brain and, and gets processed. Yeah. Um, Danny and Nisa Esslinger always talk about like in regards to like, or in context of like couples, husband and wife, they talk about like, if you ever like say or do something that like on the surface of you kind of take a step back and look at it, like it's not that bad or not, not that big of a deal what you said, but it has a pretty like dramatic effect on your spouse. Um, it's kind of like you're hitting like a pressure point on them, right? Like you said something that um, prob- they probably shouldn't have gotten that offended at, but because of um, how it affects them or because of the meaning that it has with them, it really hurts them, you know? And, and one of Jocko's points was he said, like, is it possible that the more something bothers you, then the more true that it is? Oof. And um, I, I think in context of like just being offended, but especially with like husband and wife, like that that is super like, like a very true statement. Like it's like you're hitting a pressure point. Like, um, yeah, the more something bothers you, then possibly the more, I think more than, more likely than not, the more true that it's going to be. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it, it couldn't even, um, the way that it bothers you might not even be about what you're taking mm-hmm. personally. It's more about that mm-hmm. insecurity inside of you. And that is the truth that there mm-hmm. is something inside of you. And so, yeah, it bothers you because there's this underlying issue going on mm-hmm. and it is, it is real, right? Um, but instead of ignoring it, right, you have to accept it as the truth, right? Of, oh yeah, I do feel this way. Or maybe this is true. This is a kind of a flaw that I have that I need to accept mm-hmm. or I need to address. Um, the, the hard part, I feel like there's this, um, this vicious cycle of taking things personally where it hardens you to not take any kind of constructive criticism Mm -hmm. and make you better and it it puts you in like this fixed mindset of i don't want anyone to tell me anything and i never want to improve or i never want to take any risks to improve because you have no way of accepting that feedback or uh or you can't take the risk of maybe someone saying something to you that you might take personally right Mm -hmm. you just kind of close yourself off whereas if you did the opposite and if you welcomed feedback and criticism and if you learn to accept it or if you just through pure repetition invited it and put yourself in positions where that was a normal thing, then you would actually be more open and less likely to to take something personally. Mm -hmm. Right. And then it's a virtuous cycle of, Hey, actually the more criticism I get, the better I receive it. And then the more I do with it Mm -hmm. and uh, the more that you grow as a person. 
Yeah, I think I think that's a great summary of kind of this whole topic is like um, th- thinking like uh, when you're easily offended, like what are you missing out on, right? Like like you're saying, like if you're in this cycle of like you can't tell me what to fix, you can't tell me what I'm doing wrong, like I'm I'm, I'm good the way that I am, like well then like that's a negative cycle, like you're you're blocked off, but like instead like look at it as an opportunity to grow, an opportunity to um, improve, which again like. I'll be the first to say, like, way harder to do than it is to say. Right? That's easy to say, but um, if you can get your place yourself in a place to just receive um, feedback and criticism and make improvements from it, like, you're going to be better off than someone that, that's of the mindset of they don't need advice, they don't need um, feedback. Yeah, definitely. This sounds a little bit weird, but, like, think of yourself like a business a little bit. A business is not a person... It's a whole system of people working together, delivering a product or a service. And businesses have to accept feedback. Mm-hmm. Like they have to take criticism. And they can't, I mean, you, you kind of have to take things personally a little bit. But for the business itself, right, there's no way that it can take things mm-hmm. personally. Um, it's just about delivering a better product or service. And so you have, you know, customer service, you have surveys, you have, um, people just kind of inherently giving you feedback like, hey, you, you know, our experience was great, but there was this one thing or, hey, you guys messed up in this way and you have people that are pissed. Mm-hmm. And in a business, there's no room really to just kind of like, no. Like if, if you just constantly ignored feedback as a business and just did a bad job over and over and over again, <laughs> you would go out yeah. of business, you know? And so think of yourself as like, I have to like make it a, a natural thing to accept mm-hmm. feedback and criticism and be okay with it as the way that you improve and grow as a person. When I was at Le Bon's, um, I was one of six managers that managed um, uh, clients and we used to do these like quarterly surveys um, and thinking back on it, this was super like weird that we did it in this format, but we would, like, the office would basically send out like anonymous surveys to all of our accounts and say, Hey, like how happy are you with your, with your manager? Like, any feedback you have like all these different questions and uh we used to um take all the negative ones and uh in like a staff meeting go over them in front of everyone and so all like 20 staff employees like office management team would be in this room and they would put up they would start with like one so take jeremy for example they start with me and put all my reviews up on the like on the tv and go through them and mm-hmm. i remember that being so uncomfortable like for everyone right and they yeah. would go over good ones as well but like seeing your negative like negative feedback about you in front of like your whole team, like up on the TV was like that, that was a humbling experience. And then, and then your boss would like kind of, they would walk, walk through it. So, okay, well what happened here, Jeremy, why did this happen? And it was like, you had to like speak and like get feedback and talk about it. I remember that being like really uncomfortable, like a super easy, it was easy to be offended, easy to be yeah. like, no, they're wrong. And here's why. Yeah. But you have to just, one guy used to always say, take it to the chin. He always told me, take it to the chin, no matter what, like, just take it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Which sometimes is good and other times it's probably not, but right. One, one more parting thought. Um, I'm, I read, yeah, I read most of it actually. Um, a book called radical, radical candor. And it's actually all about giving feedback. Um, but I feel like it really applies because basically it's this idea of like, if you think of it on a spectrum comparing, uh, like the amount that you care and the, how direct you are when you give something, um, you know, if you don't care very much and you're not very direct, like it's basically useless feedback. Like there's no way that someone can even like use that information. If you care a lot, but you're not direct, you're kind of beating around the bush, right? You're not actually telling someone how they can improve. Uh, like I care for you deeply, but if I never told you anything you ever did wrong, 
Um, we get the, again, nothing to do with that. On the flip side, if you're really direct and you don't care, then you're just straight up mean, mm-hmm. right? And then you're just kind of rude and, and, uh, and the person can't receive that feedback, right? Even though I, I probably gave you the truth and really direct feedback, there's no way that they could accept that. And so radical candor is where you deeply care mm-hmm. and you're really direct. Um, so it's, you know, hey, it's kind of like the love sandwich, right? Where you're doing a great job. I want you to know I care about you personally. Um, and uh, this is just an objective, you know, criticism to help you do better. You should do this. And I think that it'll help you really do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see that in you. And you totally can. And I believe you need to do that. Like, it's a much easier conversation. But the interesting thing about this and and uh, how this relates to it is that the first part in kind of like instilling a culture of radical candor in a company is for the managers to ask their direct reports to be radically candid with them. Mm. And then that in turn invites uh, the reverse, right? But it's the same thing like, hey, uh, here's how you um, learn how to give really good feedback. Uh, Get really good feedback from Mm. someone else. And um, learning how to take things, how to not take things personally is a great way to also learn how to not say things Mm -hmm. that people would take personally. (laughs) It's it's another one of those virtuous cycles. Yeah. Um, Well, cool. I think we covered it. Fantastic. We covered it. Oh, I do have one ask. Um, This will come out next week, so I think it'll come out just in time. But I'm kind of doing like a little startup competition right now. We should have opened with this, Corey. Oh, I know. I, I forgot about it. I was going to. But if you can, I have one favor to ask. I So back in March, um, I kind of entered like this little group, uh, accelerator, kind of startup competition, if you want to call that, where we were told, um, kind of challenged to build a fully functioning like uh, site or product within three months, only using what's called no-code tools. So not touching any piece of code, just kind of stitching together existing things out there to create an interactive experience for a customer. So I created a site called Swipe Files, swipefiles.co. There's eight of us competing and the winner receives $8,000 and a bunch of kind of like perks for discounts and other services and whatnot. Um, so we've, we're finally entering the voting period. Uh, it's been about six months now, almost five months. And um, so I need everyone to vote for me, hopefully if you can, before August 1st is when voting ends. I have about two weeks. Uh, would love to have your vote. It takes two seconds. You did it the other day. All you have to do is go to the site, click on my face, enter in uh, your email or login with Twitter or Facebook, and then the vote is counted and you're good to go. So I'll put the, sh- the link in the show notes, but if you can take five seconds to vote for me, that'd be awesome and I would love you forever. Nice. Dope. All right. We'll see you in the next one. Thank you.